This is a podcast from Partnerships for Wellbeing. Well, welcome to Books for a Better Life, a special edition of the Ways to Wellbeing podcast coming to you in Book Week Scotland and with a live audience here at Waterstones Bookshop in Inverness. I'm Grace Nicholl and along beside me beneath the shelves are two special guests uh, who are going to battle it out to recommend the best books for a better life in five different categories. I'll be holding the book jackets and our audience here will decide who wins. So let's meet our guests. The first is a local author, Barbara Henderson. She is twice winner of the Young Quills Award for her books for children, including The Chessman's Thief and a book that I am not going to destroy by pronouncing it, Barbara. <laughs> the Siege of Calaverock. There you go, she did it beautifully. <laughs> now she's also the author of Scottish by Inclination in which she describes her own um, and other personal experiences while settling here in Scotland in her case from Germany now this year she's become the writer in residence for the fourth bridge does that mean that you had to actually climb the bridge for that role? Uh, no, I did get the opportunity to go up and I am terrified of heights, which, uh, you know, didn't make it easy. Uh, I was writing about a boy involved in the building of it at the time. So it was good research. But uh, yeah, my heart was in my mouth going into that <laughs> hoist, you know what I mean? Heart hat and everything. Uh, but yeah, people looked after me really well. Uh, so yeah, I, I, I'm not in a hurry to do it again. But it was um, it was exciting to do it. Yes, thank you. I don't blame you. Now, as an author, do you get the chance to actually read yourself? I do. I, I read a lot. Uh, I always have a book on the go and uh, quite often more than one, actually. So uh, it's probably fair to say that I don't sleep quite as much as I maybe should because I get sucked into a book. But uh, yeah, I love reading, actually, like like Karen, I think, uh, both pretty enthusiastic readers. And um, I quite often use the hashtag book o'clock if I tweet about <laughs> it, um, you know, and that's just when I have nothing to say, which is often then uh, it'll just be another picture of the book I'm reading currently and then just tweeting or Facebooking it out as, as book o'clock. Well, good. That's going to help for today. Now, alongside us is another award winner, Karen Barkey, winner of prestigious BBC Audio Drama Award for Best Debut Performance. And Karen has a string of radio and television credits to her name and is probably best known for her performance as Officer Karen in the TV comedy Scott Squad, which I love. Thank you. Have you had a run-in with the law yourself, Karen? Um, I've, not, I've never been arrested um, but I have, I, I did get pulled over once um, while I was driving because I was a bit lost and I took a wrong turn in and then I realised what I'd done so I went all the way round the roundabout and then carried on and then my car was really ancient and stalled and by that point in time the police were like, she's nicked it, she's totally nicked it. <laughs> um, so, so they pulled me over and I was like, I'm so sorry, my granddad left me this car and it stalled at the lights and, and they were like, it's fine, you can carry on. Um, so, and the only other real experience I had was... Um, I was walking over the park right next to my house one night and somebody yelled my name really loudly and I turned around, it was two police officers and I was like, oh my God, what have I done? What's happening? And they were like, love the show! And then just drove away. <laughs> so that's that's been my main experiences with the cops. So you must be quite like well known in the police kind of groups. Yeah, I'm, I'm sort of a nine days wonder. I, I go to the police college to do uh, training role plays with them. Um, which I've which I've been doing for donkey's years long before I was ever in the show, and I'm I'm like a minor celebrity there, and with off-duty police officers in random parts of the country. I was on my friend's stag do in Pitlochry, 
and uh, and twice I got stopped and uh, one of the guys that I was with is a real police officer and twice I got stopped and I was like I bet you that's a police person and every time they were either a retired cop they were a cop on holiday I was like see I told you well thank you to both of our guests for coming along today uh, big round of applause for Karen and Barbara <laughs> So confession time for me, confession time for me, I've kind of got out of the reading habits, so I'm hoping that Barbara and Karen here can convince me to turn a new leaf over or a first page of a brand new book. We're going to have five categories of books and I'll give each of our guests the chance to convince me to come along with their choices and go with them. Now, they'll both have up to two minutes to talk about each book and our timekeeper, Jeff, will give us a wee audible signal when their time is up. <laughs> then it will be over to our audience who will, by show of hands, vote for their favourite and will reveal the overall winner at the end of the show. So, Barbara, over to you. You're up first. And the category is fiction that offers comfort or entertainment. So start with the name of your book and the author. So I'd like to recommend The Edinburgh Skating Club by a lady called Michelle Sloan. I absolutely love this book. If you enjoy um, Alexander McCall Smith, for example, that sort of gentle, accessible humour of the number one ladies detective agency uh, or, you know, the Scotland Street type of stuff. Um, I think you will love this. Um, it's a dual narrative. So it's partially set in the modern day where uh, um, an academic, an artist gets a sort of anonymous request to look into who really painted the famous skating minister. Um, and uh, she has to act on, um, you know, on, on her own instincts there, uh, investigating whether it really is a Rayburn or whether there's something else going on, uh, kind of often disputed. This is an iconic picture in the gallery um, in Edinburgh. The other one is uh, Enlightenment Edinburgh, the sort of era of uh, David Hume and uh, a very um, often overlooked uh, lady called Alison Coburn, a, a poet who plays a large role in this. How does the dual narrative work? You know, you sort of skip, you have a, a modern little segment and then it goes into Enlightenment Edinburgh. They are often slightly connected, um, but I didn't find it annoying. Sometimes I can get annoyed when I can't lose myself in one narrative and I'm taken out of it, but I really uh, was quite invested in both of them. And I love particularly the, the humour of Enlightenment Edinburgh and all the cameos of famous people, you know, Robert Burns, you know, Sir Walter Scott, David Hume, loads of people show up in this book and often in quite quirky and funny ways so I absolutely love this that is your time this. up Karen it is over to yourself now still the category is fiction the name of your book and the author please so I have gone for what I consider to be a stone cold classic Sir Terry Pratchett's The Hogfather um, this is a fantasy novel set on the disc world world and mirror of worlds um, The Hogfather is the Discworld's version of Santa Claus in many ways. So this is a book that I always enjoy reading every December um, in the run-up to Christmas. Uh, it's about a, a plot to try to destroy, almost delete, perhaps even cancel the Hogfather. Um, and the only person who can stop it is the anthropomorphic personification of death um, who takes the Hogfather's place. Um, it's, a, it's just... I love Terry Pratchett. Um, he's hilarious. He's got so much heart, and it's it's a beautiful. Sometimes it can it can be quite pointed and and satirical, but it's 
It's a really lovely, lovely novel and it always gets me in the mood for Christmas. It's one of my Christmas traditions. I do hear of it an awful lot at Christmas. You said the word cancel, which I'm going to kind of dwell on. Mm-hmm. It's like modern day cancel culture, but... Um, it, it kind of is, but to like a real extreme. So um, there are characters within this book who want the Hogfather not only to be gone, but to have never existed, which I suppose does reflect on how cancel culture is operating at the moment with that that idea of I want to go back and destroy any legacy you have as well as what you've done currently. Um, but uh, that makes this sound terribly serious, whereas <laughs> it's not. Um, there are some genuinely hilarious lines and, and just beautiful reflections of our own society. And, and um, it's just, I, I, I thoroughly, thoroughly recommend all Sir Terry Pratchett, but this one I think is a really good standalone book um neil gaiman said that they both walk the same road but sir terry used to walk in the sunlight because it makes the shadows more pointed and i think that's a really good description there you go that is your time up so you've heard two amazing books there suggested so we're going to go over to our audience and by show of hand if you would like to give barbara's book a go then please do raise your hand okay and if you would like to give Kevin's book a go, please do raise your hands. A lot of hands going up there. Out. I think we're going to say that Barbara took the win on that one. <laughs> well done. I mean, it's not that I'm competitive, but I hate you. <laughs> My husband voted for you. <laughs> I did notice that, but I wasn't going to comment. I felt it was charity, but I'll, I'll talk take to it. him later. <laughs> Okay, let's see how round two goes. So our next category is biography. So our guests were asked to select a biography of an inspiring person from history. So Karen, you can go this time first. So tell me the name of your book and the author. The name of this one is Jim Henson, The Biography by Brian J. Jones. So I'm already out myself as somebody that likes fantasy and childlike things, but I'm quite proud of that. Um... Jim Henson, again, is somebody who's always been tremendously important to me. Um, the Muppet Show was out when I was little and it, it was the first album I ever owned was the Muppet Show album. Um, I love his worldview and I was fascinated to know more about him as a man because he was so creative and so had such a unique way of approaching the world. Um, obviously, he, he died tragically very young um, and I didn't know that much about his life um, I found this to be a really fascinating read. Um, he was a much more complex man, I think, than I expected. Um, his work shows such a beautiful, hopeful, positive view of the world. Um, and I, I was surprised to find out how much more complex he was as an individual. Well, that was my question. Like, surely you're looking, oh, it's the guy from the Muppets. How much deeper did you think it was going to get? Well... I, I was always interested to know where his his views on the world had come from um, and what I find fascinating about him is that he was an immensely driven, very ambitious, quite ruthless in some ways man, but he was a man who nevertheless everybody loved. Um, his marriage broke down, but his wife continued to have a really important part in his life right up until his death, even although he had moved on with other partners and things. There was clearly something about this man that just inspired love and devotion, but he wasn't—he wasn't the nice little fluffy person that you perhaps picture from the work that he created. Sometimes, and when you look back on his work, it was—he had a lot to say about the world and things that he thought should be better. 
just on the button there. Well done. Okay, so we're going to pass on to Barbara now, now with a very different book, but still in the same category of biography. Tell me your author and the title of your book. So um, I have chosen Maya Angelou, the poet's book, I Know Why the Caged Bird Sings. It's a classic, which some of you may well have read already. It's been out for a long time. Um, but uh, I love, it's an autobiography. It's a lady writing about her own life. So this is, um, you know, I wanted to read uh, diverse authors and include a diverse author in my list today. And uh, so Maya Angelou grew up uh, in 1930s America in the Deep South, experienced all that um, segregation and discrimination firsthand herself and actually grew up in in some ways quite a a, a dysfunctional um, kind of uh, you know her her childhood was terribly traumatic in many many ways and what really really jumps from the page is the word resilience I just think it's unbelievably inspiring how somebody can choose joy out of some really tricky uh, times. Um, She becomes a dancer, a musician, then discovers her voice as a poet. And uh, I just find this utterly inspiring. And it's one that I will never, ever, ever, ever part with. Did I ever see you looking at your own life and being like, I can power through something that maybe is a bit traumatic for you? Um, Yeah, I mean, I haven't experienced anything even remotely on the scale of uh, the trauma that she had to uh, endure. But in some ways, it also provides a little glimpse into history. And I'm really into history. I write historical fiction. And, you know, this lady here, you know, it's like a front seat during the civil rights movement and, you know, all that sort of uncertainty. I think we know the outcome of all of that. And we we so often don't realise how uncertain that time was and how it really could have gone either way for these people who were staking so much on on the outcome of this um you know to see to see proper equality um so yeah i mean i find it inspiring just to kind of you know risk it with activism make a difference even though you don't know how it's going to end up um so yeah in that sense i suppose yeah i love she's that still talking. She's, still she's, talking. she's not used a full stop yet so it's, fine. it's still a sentence did he blow that thing <laughs> Well, it is now came to our votes. So we have two (laughs) amazing biographies here. So a raise of hands for Barbara's book. Okay, our audience has voted. And another raise of hands for Karen's book. Even Barbara's voting for Karen's book. Is that allowed? Is that allowed? I think so, because Jim Henson's amazing. Well, that means it would be a bit of a draw. Yeah, I did think that the adjudicator has given me the nod and a draw is. So, so far it is two for Barbara, I'm sure, and one for Karen. So we will move on to our next round. It can all change. It can all change. (laughs) So our next category is travel. And that is my favourite category. I am one for a travel. I love going away and holiday and seeing new sights. So a book that inspires travel. Barbara, you can go first. So your book title and author, please. Okay, so I have chosen, uh, sneaked in a children's book because I'm a children's author and I read a lot of children's fiction. This is The Wolf Wilder by Catherine Rundell. Catherine Rundell, I think, is is the best writer writing for children at the moment. Uh, She has just had a new book out called The Golden Mole, which is doing 
brilliantly and I haven't read it yet. So that is going to be next on my list. But um, The Wolf Wilder takes us to Russia, a place where at the moment it's probably not so um, well advised to travel. Um, so it takes you to the remote kind of, you know, tundras of um, of the, the, the far, far east. But uh, the frozen north, you know, these endless steps. Um, but also then in the second half to St. Petersburg at the time of the Tsars with the golden roofs and, uh, you know, the colour everywhere and that sort of, um, you know, real sense of wonder. Russia being a culture steeped in stories as well. Uh, there's a lot of mythology in this, but it's about a girl who rewilds wolves uh, that have been captured and that are then uh, to be set free again. So it's the opposite of taming, really. But there is a sort of supernatural, magical angle to it as well as a goddess story. So for children, I would imagine that allows them to travel anywhere by reading books like this. Absolutely. And I mean, that's what reading does. It takes us to places um, that we want to visit at times when sometimes we might hate where we are. And I think that's a, a wonderful thing that books can offer us. Yeah, um, I love this. I mean, I actually, it's, it's one of the only books I've read and then bought again in just a lovelier edition because I love this so, so much. So it's a, a brilliant, highly recommended read about Russia. Oh, just as I was about to ask the last question, right on the buzzer there. Very well done, Barbara. Karen, it is over to yourself for your book and title, please. So I have gone for Ben Aronovich's Rivers of London. Um, another fantasy book to an extent, a mixture of a police procedural and a magical fantasy. Um, but it is a book that I read not long before I went down to London to live for a few months. And it's set all around Covent Garden Piazza and uh, the Actors Church, which is just to the rear of Covent Garden. And having read this book, as I was walking around London, I realised I was completely seeing the city in a different light. Um, it's called The Rivers of London because there are anthropomorphic personifications, again, I've obviously got a thing for them as well, um, of some of the rivers in it. Um, including rivers which are now no longer visible in the architecture of London that are underneath the streets. Um, and I just, I found it so inspiring. It inspired me to go into the Actors' Church for the first time, spend time there and enjoy the 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 extreme shift between the crazy touristy Covent Garden Piazza and then just walking around the back of the building next door and suddenly finding myself in this oasis of peace and calm. And it, it, it's it's a really good book to get you into going to London. So would yeah. you find yourself as like almost like your own little tour guide with all these different places? And Absolutely. Um, I And I found myself uh, walking up a street where I now know that there is a river underneath the street that I didn't know about previously. And I was like, I know it's there. Nobody else knows. It felt like a real little secret mystery adventure. And I found myself trailing my hands along the stonework um, along the side of, of the Thames. Again, because... I felt such a different kind of connection to London. It became something really magical and, and exciting. And, and it's also a really good, funny, sharp, clever, witty, um, highly plotted police procedural book as well. There's a lot going on in it. So I, I, I recommend this because it makes you see London a way you'd never see it otherwise. <laughs> bang on the button again right two very good pitches there audience so i'm coming back to you for another vote so i'd like you to raise your hands if you would like to give karen's book a go okay and please raise your hands if you'd like to give barbara's book a go so i think that is fair to say it's a win for karen yes. Yes. well done yes. 
We're doing well with this boat in the audience. Nick, class. Gosh. So we have our penultimate category now, a non-fiction book offering advice or information. That might have been a difficult one to pick, because I'm sure that they all were difficult to pick. Mm-hmm. Now, Karen, you get the first shout on this one. Your book, uh, the title and the author, please. So this book is called The Colour of Time by Dan Jones and Marina Amaral. It shows a new history of the world from 1850 to 1960. Um, It is a book of colourised photos and the accompanying history that goes with them. So Marina Amaral is a a photo artist who colourises historic photographs. So this one really struck me, which is the the photograph of the Titanic um, disaster where the the paperboy's holding Titanic great loss of life. And there's something about seeing this in colour which makes it so much more immediate and, and... just allows you to imagine being in that situation in a way that black and white photos just don't. Um, each photograph, there is, there's a huge variety. Some of them are about really huge incidents. Some of them are about really insignificant things. Some of them are really intimate and personal moments. Um, and Dan Jones writes a short history related to all of them to tell you exactly what's, what was happening at that period. Um, so it, it's just... There's something so, for example, this one here, I'll show you another picture, which is Harold Lloyd, a really, really well-known photograph that everybody's seen of Harold Lloyd hanging off the clock. But seeing him in colour and being able to see, because um, I don't know if you know this, but Harold Lloyd was missing half his hand um, due to a bomb that went off. Makes That's these about, real events feel more real. Yeah, it just makes it feel more immediate and personal and, and gives you a connection to him that, you, that you've never really had otherwise. So how would they go about colourising this? Like, So it's a mixture of historical research and artistic um, vision. Uh, so she does tremendous amounts of research um, into, you know, uniforms and costumes and, and everything she can find out. And then whatever's left, she fills in herself. But it takes it can take hundreds of hours. Some of these photos have hundreds of people in them and she colourises each person individually, what they're wearing in the background. But... She was doing very well. (laughs) Right, we move on to Barbara, title and author, please, Barbara. So, my book uh, is On This Day in History, and it's by Dan Snow, who's a well known television uh, historian. Uh, I wanted to buy this because every single day I can look up the date and it'll give me a sort of really fun snippet of what happened uh, on this day in history. And it's so varied and, uh, you know, so random at times. I looked up today earlier on. uh, So on the 15th of November, who knew uh, on this day in history in 1492, Christopher Columbus... um, For the very first time uh, that's recorded, a European mentions the plant that we now know as tobacco. It's the first recorded mention of it. He sent out uh, a bunch of explorers to, um, you know, explore Cuba and they came back with mention of this plant. Uh, Very, very interesting. Yesterday's, for example, was uh, the anniversary of the first known blood transfusion that was was successful, witnessed by Samuel Pepys, no less, in 1666. Uh, And it was between two dogs. Um, But how interesting. I just had this picture of this, like, sick feeling Samuel Pepys 
peeps in the corner, <laughs> you know, uh, just watching this gory procedure that uh, they were just trying out in case it, it worked and did something useful. Um, so, yeah, I love that. Was the first date that you looked up your own birthday uh, when you it, checked that Because <laughs> <laughs> it, it would be mine. Do you know, it actually wasn't. And you know what? Karen literally sneaked in and, and looked up her birthday just as we went. And her birthday is the anniversary of the burning down of the Globe Theatre, which is tricky for an actress, isn't it? Um, so, yeah, no, I didn't look up my birthday. My birthday is still to come. I'm a December girl. I share a birthday with Mary, Queen of Scots. So I wonder if that will be what they uh, what they mentioned. But no, I haven't yet. I don't cheat. What's what's that accusation? <laughs> <laughs> so I take it, it just changes every regular day you may think to something that would have gone down in history. For Absolutely. Years. And it's just I like learning stuff. <laughs> all right all right <laughs> right there so that was a very difficult one audience we've got a tough decision i think so i'll you mull over it quickly a show of hands for barbara's book even her own hand is up that's saying a lot and a show of hands for karen's book and round four goes to barbara it's okay, well we have a final category uh, It means that we go to children's book Which is a book that I'm probably sure you'll be able to sell to me, no bother Perhaps <laughs> one you'd like to give as a gift for Christmas Or whack a fly with on the table, whatever you fancy <laughs> So Barbara, as a children's author, you have to go first You've got the honour, so you just can't recommend any of your own books I wasn't going to, <laughs> this is uh, one of my absolute favourites I read this years ago when it won the Chicken House Prize and it's called Called Black Powder by a lady called Ali Sherrick. Uh, I'm now friends with this person, but really only because I loved her book so much that I wrote to her and said so and asked her to give me a cover quote for one of my books uh, years later. And she's now one of my pals in the writing world. So this is a book set during the gunpowder plot, which uh, I wasn't aware of any children's book set in that time. I love a bit of adventure in me. I like the, the sort of tension of, you know, clan destine dealings and you know high high stakes so this is about a boy called Tom his father um, is actually awaiting execution and he has to save his father but in order to do that um, you know his loyalty is tested to the absolute limit and he gets himself embroiled in this clandestine plot finds himself in the dungeons beneath the houses of parliament and uh, you know is at the mercy really of, of events but ultimately makes his own decisions and I really like that when uh, you know you you take an event that everybody knows about but find an angle that nobody's thought of before and she does so brilliantly so so I wonder if it's easier for children as opposed to connect with another child with big events like that usually you'd find it as an adult's perspective yeah absolutely and I think in general uh, we all we're hardwired aren't we for story that is how we understand the world that's how things make sense in our heads and uh, do you know this is I think a brilliant way to learn about past events but to find yourself much more caring about the character uh, who's a fictional character um, so highly highly recommended tense adventure all the way through it uh, and actually a much more uncertain world where children had to make much bigger decisions than maybe they have to to do today and I think for modern kids it's a brilliant thing to get to do that to to identify with these kids in these situations 
Hey, you're getting good at this. Uh-huh. Very good at I'm this. I'm watching him. <laughs> <laughs> Karen, it is over to you. Uh, we've got your title and your author, please. Yeah. So my book is, is more of a young adult book. I would say it's for older teenagers and it's called The Tick and the Talk of the Crocodile Clock by Kenny Boyle. Um, I have to also put my hands up. Kenny Boyle is a friend of mine. So it turns out we both picked books where we know the person. Um This is a book about um, a character called Wendy, who is an aspiring writer. Uh, She works in a call centre and uh, hates her job, hates her life, uh, gets to know somebody called Kat. And then the story follows them as they become involved in a crime. So um, it's been it's been posted on the crime table quite a few times um, in various Waterstones. But it's uh, Wendy is a bit of an unreliable narrator. it's a book that looks at a lot of different things. It looks at mental health. It looks at grief. It looks at finding your place in the world. Um, and But it's also, again, it's really funny. It's, it's full of heart. And ultimately, it's a book about hope. It's a book about possibility. Um, and I, I just, I would thoroughly recommend it. I've read it a few times now and I, and I still really enjoy spending time with this narrator. I, I love this character and I want to hang out with her. I would imagine a lot of connotations to Peter Pan and never really grown up or what it's like to grow up. Yeah, there's certainly, it is is a very, very loose retelling of Peter Pan to an extent. Um, The publishers decided to help that a wee bit by just putting a Tinkerbell all through the book, just in case you hadn't figured that out. Um, It is about uh, Wendy as a character learning what it means to grow up and to move forward and and finding her place in the world. Um, And which does make it is very much the story of Peter Pan about growing up but it's it's so beautifully written and I think it's very delicately done um and I think a lot of people will really enjoy the the exploration of of how all of these events can impact on people and the possibilities Beautifully done. It was like two birds. Well done. <laughs> Barely okay. In our final vote audience, we have two final books. So please do raise your hand if you would like to vote for Karen's book. Onkadok. And please raise your hands if you'd like to vote for Barbara's book. Okay, I think Karen takes the win on that category. So before we go to our final scores and find out who our winner is, I would like to ask you both a question. You both have five amazing books in front of you. Mm -hmm. Which is your favourite out of the books that you have with you and which out of your opponent's books would you like to pick as well? So Barbara, I'll go to you first. Um, I think if I had to pick one of the books here, it's just been my favourite read this year and I enjoyed it so, so much that I just wanted to highly, highly recommend uh, the Edinburgh Skating Club. We lived in Edinburgh for 10 years. A lot of my really, really formative you know happenings you know happened there got married there had my first child there you know I was in and out of the art gallery Uh, I walked around Duddingston Loch you know what I mean like I had so much um, personal investment in in the place so that's why I guess I love the book so much and out of Karen's book hands down it'll be the biography of Jim Henson Um, I used to be a puppeteer I worked a, a good few years as a puppeteer and I'm now a drama teacher who uses puppetry an awful lot in her work so yeah, and I grew up with the Muppets, you know, they uh, they had this in Germany, guys, they did. And um, <laughs> so, yeah, it was lovely just to see all these characters here and to rediscover them actually and figure out what they called in English. You know? um, so there you have it. 
So Karen, which of your books is your favourite? Which of Barbara's would you prefer? Um, so I would have to go for Hogfather. Um, it's everything about Sir Terry Pratchett he's my comfort author he's the person that I go back to when I want something that will just make me feel content and happy and and he he creates a world that makes me a bit happier because sometimes it's a bit nicer than the one we live in um so I would go for Hogfather in terms of Barbara's books it's actually really difficult because I'm quite all of them are quite appealing I think I would probably go with Black Powder that really appeals to me I love a children's book and I really like the idea of a historical children's book is not something that I've actually read before, so I would probably go Black Powder, I think. Mm-hmm. Some very good decisions there and some great books. And really, we're all winners because we've now got 10 amazing books to go and read if we want to. I'm going to go over to find out who the winner is for tonight. I kind of want to, just before you do, I kind of want to know what one you might read. What one would I read? Oh, I have to say, big fan of travel. Always have, always will be. I am going to London, so I think your book, Karen, yeah. with the Rivers of London, just because of the time and the place. It, it, it's, it's not because I'm competitive. I was just, I was just curious. <laughs> well, I have to say, at the end of that, it was a final draw, which means that both of you win. Yay. Yes. Put it there. I don't know why I do that like I'm young. <laughs> you both were... The best recommenders of best books for a better life. And as I say, we're all winners, really, because we've got 10 books to go away and read and enjoy. So thank you to Karen and to Barbara, our producer, timekeeper and kazoo maestro, Jeff Zizinski, and also to our sound engineer, Pete Smith, in the corner there. And to everyone here at Waterstones and Inverness, including our lovely wine-soaked audience. (laughs) I'm Grace Nicholl, and for Books Week of Scotland and with the support of the Scottish Book Trust and Partnerships for Wellbeing, This has been Books for a Better Life. Thank you so much. Ways to Wellbeing is produced in Inverness, Scotland by Partnerships for Wellbeing, a registered charity. To find out more about our services, go to p4w.org.uk.